right there. Right there, right there, right there. like this. Kia ora and welcome everybody to the Kiwi Running Show. My name is Hayden Sherman and unfortunately today I'm not joined by Hamish Meacham, my usual co-host. Um, and I have to offer a little bit of an apology because we have been uh, been absent the last little while. Um, life has been quite full for, for us both. Uh, Hamish has, has been doing quite a lot of coaching and um, I've, been, I've been the same with some new ventures happening, happening at TempoFit. Um, so apologies everyone, I know you've been hanging out for the show, but it's finally arrived and um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to just skip over a, a few of the key news stories from the last couple of weekends and um, then we're going to jump to some interviews and we, we've got a couple of cool interviews lined up. So firstly with Houting Ma and he's just a 17 year old who completed the Christchurch Marathon in uh, 3 hours 30, maybe just under 3 hours 30. Uh, but really cool story of some uh, of a young kid who's uh, just found a love and passion for running which is um, and gained a lot of confidence from his running. So we'll jump over to that shortly. Um, and then we're going to have an interview with Dave Ridley, who was the recently crowned Oceania Marathon Champion after being first Aussie, Kiwi, Pacific Islander um, across the finish line at the Gold Coast Marathon just at the weekend gone. So he's on the up and up, slowly inching those marathon times down. So very cool. Now, I will start off with... A bit of news from where are we now three weeks ago so it's a little while ago um, and we're skipping all the way back to the school high school cross-country secondary schools national cross-country champs in Christchurch QE2 Park um, nice and flat flat and fast course um, which is a bit of, bit of a disappointment really they had to put some hurdles on the track and I kind of think oh, just hunt out some hills but get a hilly course come on um, but anyway it suited the the people who were maybe a little bit more tended towards the the flatter faster stuff but um the winners on the day and and, and to put this in co context like this is the big this is the big prize when you're at high school um in the summertime you can win athletics titles and all that but it's spread over multiple events across country all the runners from all around the country are focused on this one distance all across your year group and it's just you versus the rest of the country. So it is a really big, big title and I would say it's the most prestigious title in, in high school running in New Zealand. So the winner in the guys side of things was a bit of a surprise really. Samuel Tanner coming out uh, with the win. Uh, a couple of seconds ahead of Isaiah Pretty, and um, then a few seconds back to Nick Mulai who um, those two were probably two of the favourites going in, um, but Samuel Tanner taking a really impressive win. So he, he said on the Athletics New Zealand site, my coach Craig Kirkwood trained me pretty well for it and had me ready. We talked strategies and stuff before the race, so I was quite comfortable at that pace from the big effort being put on by the boys. I knew there was going to be a few boys who were going to really push me, but I wanted to give them all a surprise. So that's pretty cool. So a towering a boy taking out the taking out the win, and then in the in the girls we had Hannah O'Connor, who's just come up into the senior ranks. She has she won the junior title for the last two years. Now she's in the senior girls. Um, 
took out the win uh, pretty well, pretty convincingly, but just by three three seconds ahead of uh, Phoebe McKnight in second place. Um, and then Tessa Webb, who won last year. Uh, you may remember our interview with Tessa. She came in in 14.20. So um, exciting. Um, like Those three girls especially are showing great promise. And I know that um, they'll have U.S. colleges knocking on the door, I'm sure. Um, I know that a lot of U.S. college scouts keep an eye on these results. So I'm sure they've all been contacted by some U.S. colleges. So guys, make make the right choice and stay, stay here in New Zealand. We, we want to see you um, develop. But I know that the, the temptation can be great to go overseas. Um, and it does work for a lot of people as well. I should say that. So that was the New Zealand Cross Country Champ. So well done to everyone who took part. Um, and I should also mention um, when it came to the, the team's race, um, so not only is there individual prizes, but also the top three in each grade and also the top six in each grade count towards team points. So either top three or, or top six team points. And Westlake boys, far out, they took out so many um Grades. I think they won all three grades in the, the team's races for both three- and six-person teams. Um, very impressive. Um, also, Waikato Dio won the senior girls' race. Uh, Baradine, the three- and six-team junior girls. And then St. Saint Saint Cuthbert's won the year nine, three- and six-team. So, um, very cool. On to the Wellington Marathon, uh, which was held on the 18th of June. Um, man, we're behind, far out, so just catching up with all the news. So um, let me skip over to the results. So it was taken out by an American, Dan Lowry, who I believe is studying at Victoria. He's over here doing some maybe master study. Um, so he won in 2 hours 22, which was 10 minutes ahead of the next local, which is Stephen Day, who also, in doing that, cleaned out the New Zealand National Marathon champs. So well done, Stephen Day. Um, and he's also an over 40s runner, so giving it to the young guys. Um, speaking of the young guys, Back uh, about 50 seconds and 2.33 with Sam McCutcheon. Um, we, we talk a lot about Sam in his, his trail running um, escapades, but he had a great run in 2.33. And then Chris Hartshorn, Hartshorn uh, in 2.36 and in third place for the locals, fourth place for the race overall. And then in the ladies, we had Alice Mason taking out the race overall in 2.48 and also picking up the New Zealand Marathon Champs title. And then, five minutes back from her, the evergreen Sally Gibbs. Man, we've talked a lot about her on the show, but she uh, got second place in 2.53, easily winning the women's 50 and over age group. 2.53. Wow, that, that really is impressive. Um, and then in third place, Catherine Morgan. Uh, just a tick over three hours, uh, Catherine Morgan from Auckland. Then in the half marathon, we had Nick Earl. Now he is an Aussie, I believe, um, taking out the win in 107 flat or 107 low and then just behind him Chris Sanson who also just ran the um, the Gold Coast Marathon didn't go quite to plan that day but this one went to plan he ran a 108 high um, for second place and then Nick Horsbill uh, a local runner 
came through in third place just behind Chris in 109 flat. Um, interesting, Jono Jackson, um, who's been dominating the cross-country scene uh, over the last few weeks, uh, back in fourth place. So, um, yeah. And then back in the, and coming in at a time of 1.17, was Ruby Muir, who's just moved from Hawke's Bay to Wellington, and she's making the most of being, being the new local, um, winning the Wellington Half Marathon in 1.17. And then in second place, Hannah Miller in 1.20. And third place, let me scan down the results, Rebecca Elliott coming in in 1.23. So as you can expect, wins definitely got up on the course, um, as, as always happens in Wellington, the Wellington Marathon. But for those who are interested in doing it, it's a nice flat one. Um, but very rarely are there particularly fast times just because of that wind element. Um, Alright, so that pretty much covers off, oh, oh there was a little bit of international news as well um, at the Diamond League in Oslo, Eliza McCartney didn't have a great day, she jumped 4.55 so it's a little bit off her best um, and Camille Buscombe ran a really solid 9.08 um, at the Diamond League in Stockholm in, in the 3000 metres I should say. Um, and what else have we got? Oh yeah, this is this is the big one. Um, so Lil Lily Burden in the Twilight Meet in Portland, Oregon, uh, she broke the New Zealand under twenties fifteen hundred meter record by um, by let me see, just over a second. She finished fifth in four eleven. So that's very solid. So Lily Burden, she had a great. Um, NCAA campaign in the US college scene and she's just going from strength to strength as well so man she's definitely going to be a name to look out for we're in need of some new new blood in the the women's middle distance scene with um with the Van Dalens hanging up their shoes recently um yeah so le leaving a bit of a hole so be very cool to see her come on strong maybe dip under that 410 mark over the next year or so um then Hamish Carson ran a 337, so that was just 337.55, so just painfully a 0.05 seconds outside of the B standard for the London World Champs. So Hamish Carson has a habit of coming very close to standards and just missing it. So I really hope, Hamish, you're listening to this and you can get out there and nail a, a good good solid time that we know you can do and book your ticket to London. Um, Jack O'Gill also did a solid uh, 20 metres, 31. Um, and Brad Mathis ducked under uh, 150 for the for the 800 in a meet in the Netherlands. So that is about it for the news for that weekend. So we'll take a little, little quick break and we'll be right back with some more news. Break it down. So moving into the weekend of the 24th of June, uh, the big, the really the big result was Fiona Hayweiss in the, the Western Springs Endurance Race. So that's uh, uh, Western Springs, <laughs> Western States I should say, Western States Endurance Race, which obviously is one of the... One of the premier ultra-distance races in the world. It's got a lot long history. I think it dates back to the 70s, something like that. Um, but Fiona Hayweiss finished up in, in fifth place, so which is a phenomenal, 
phenomenal result. So fifth place uh, in the ladies, and I think that puts her in 26th place overall. Um, yeah, which is just absolutely incredible. So Fiona Hayweiss, she won the Tatawera Ultra 100k back in, or well, wasn't this year, but the year before. She's a familiar name in, in the trail running ultra scene here in New Zealand, but very cool to see her um, really mixing it with, with some big names overseas in such a big event. Um, the winner of that, incidentally, was Ryan Sanders of uh, of South Africa, or Ryan Sands. I'm not not too sure of the pronunciation. Apparently, Jim Wormsley was winning the race by quite a decent margin on track for a course record, but he absolutely detonated, um, went out on a suicidal pace and really exploded. And then in the ladies, Cat Bradley won. Uh, she's from Boulder in the states so yeah that was about it for that weekend so let's take a little break and we'll be back soon with last weekend's Break results and the weekend that has just gone the the big races that were on at the weekend in the North Island and the South Island with the North Island Cross Country Champs in Topor and then the South Island Cross Country Champs in Ascot Golf Course. I don't actually know where that is. Maybe Christchurch? Someone might want to might want to correct me on that one. But in the North Island, it was Jono Jackson um, taking out the win. He's been um, a consistent performer at the North Island Cross Country Champs at Spa Park there. So he won in 29-21, and that was 32 seconds ahead of Matthew Taylor um, and also UK runner Russell Best, um, who's based in Hamilton now. So he, he was back in 30 10. Um, and then in the ladies, it's the Kion. Kion? I never know how to spell, uh, pronounce your name, Esther. I have to learn it sometime. But um, Esther Kion uh, was, won the 5K in 1814, beating out Katie Wright in 1831, and then Cara McDermott, which um, is a name I haven't heard for a little while. So cool to hear Cara's name back in the mix. In third place in 1846 for the 5K. So very cool. Skipping down to the South Island for the New Zealand, for the South Island Cross Country Champs, Daniel Bouchin. It was all about Daniel Bouchin. He came through with the win over a 9k course in 28.11 and then over a minute back, Cameron Avery back from the States um, in 29.18 and then Matt Dryden in 29.56. The ladies... Uh, they had a 7k course and it was won by Jean Kozniak and she won in 26.09 followed by Sabrina Grogan 26.57 and Natalie Dryden in 27.23 so well done everyone uh, skipping on um, there's been a few meets overseas so Jacko Gills continued his um, pretty solid performances he, he threw a 20-41 so not quite at his best but um, heading in the right direction um, see Brad Mathis ran another 800 in about 150 Olivia McTaggart jumped the pole vault in 435 uh, which I think is just shy of her best um, 
Hamish Carson ran a 1500 and 340, so still not not getting down to those mid 330s that we need him to be to book his ticket to London. Um, Cameron French just a tick over 50 seconds for the 400 hurdles, and again he he needs to dip under that 50 second mark to to head to London. Um, an interesting event, the 24-hour World Championships. So um, I assume this is the World Championships, IAU. I'm guessing that's something to do with Ultra International Ultra Association, something like that. But anyway, the World 24-Hour Champ. So Richard Avery completed just under 190Ks in the 24 hours. So he came in in 99th. And then Kim Allen did 41Ks. So... Um, she was back in 130th. Um, and then a cool little result, and check out these times. So Alana Barber, she's New Zealand's top female race walker. She did the 20K. So picture your half marathon time. Imagine that in your mind right now. If you haven't done a half marathon before, imagine what you, what you could do, compare it to your, your jogging times, sort of 90 minutes, two hours. Um, she did 20K in one hour 32 38 finishing in second place in the UK race walking championships so she was just 15 seconds outside her own national record so amazing run and then amazing walk I should say and she also walked the 5,000 meters um, in a PB of 21.59 so think about your 5k time is it under 22 minutes because if not you've just been beaten by a woman walking so um, that is phenomenal so well done Alana that's very exciting I think she's in the team for London I, I I have to guess she is so it looks like she's peaking at just the right time um skipping over the ditch to the Gold Coast and the the big news was the the Gold Coast Airport Marathon um it was also doubling as the Oceania Champs, and I should also mention recently the Oceania Athletics Champs has has been on. It is a very much a secondary competition, and I'll, I'll probably have a chat to Hamish about this next week because it is it is a funny competition when you think of it in the light of the European Champs, which is a really big deal. The Pan American Champs is a big deal. Asian Champs are a big deal. I assume the African Champs is a big deal. I don't know, but. The Oceania Champs is really not. Um, it, it is just um, very second rate. Um, it's not even to the level of our nationals. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. But anyway, we had a, a bunch of athletes go over there, and it is a good, really, development opportunity for those athletes. So um, they all did really well, and there was a whole bunch of medals and titles went to our Kiwi runners and athletes over there. But... The big one I want to focus on is the Oceania Champs in the Marathon, which was, of course, held at the Gold Coast uh, Airport Marathon. So, coming through, the first Kiwi was Dave Ridley. We've got an interview coming up straight after this with Dave. He came through in 2.24 and was in 15th place. Ahead of him were a whole host of Africans and Japanese who really target this race uh, to run fast times. Um, Behind Dave was James Parsons in 2.29 and Christian Dace in 2.31. Um, so those Hawks Bay guys really dominating. Chris Sanson, 
I think he had a really tough day at the office. I, I believe he went through halfway in about 111 or 112 or something and then really, really struggled on through there. So in, coming in in 233. And then Wayne Guest, 237. So many Kiwis out there. Craig Kirkwood in 239. The big one on the ladies' side of things was Mary Davies coming in in 236. So as far as the Kiwis go, that's got to be the performance of the day. Coming very close to a Commonwealth Games qualifier for Gold Coast next year. I think she was about two or three minutes outside of that. So I'm sure she had that in her mind, targeting that. Um, but regardless, she came through in seventh place, which is a fantastic run. Um, and third place in the Oceania Championships. Also just behind her, uh, Victoria Beck was in ninth place in 2.42. Mel Aitken in 12th place in 2.47. So some fantastic results as far as New Zealand marathoners are concerned. I mean, those results w would all m m get in there in, in, either as PBs or as sort of top 10 results in New Zealand for 2017 so uh, fantastic result by the Kiwis in the Gold Coast Airport Marathon. Also in the half marathon we had Aaron Pulford take out the ninth place in 105.35 so coming in a ninth in 105.35 it shows you how deep the field is there. Um, just a few seconds back was Caden Shields in 10th in 105.42 and Oscar Baines in 106.03 in 12th place. Um, also Ryan McAllister in 1.13 and in the 10k we had Laura Nagel come out in 3rd place in 34.25 so very solid run from Laura. Uh, Lydia O'Donnell, I imagine she'll be a bit disappointed with this because I, I know she's run a lot faster than this with 36.32 um, so I, I don't know what might have happened with Lydia on the day but she came through in 14th place so um, well done to all the Kiwis heading over there. Um, man, it's awesome. It's almost like a small army heading across the ditch and taking on the Gold Coast. So very cool that you're all representing New Zealand. So well done. We are going to skip over to our interview with Dave Ridley and then finish off with our interview with Halting Ma. Enjoy it. Thanks for sticking with the show. Thanks for being patient with us with this break. Happy running, everyone. Go out there. Enjoy the trails. Go running. Break it down. So just before we cross over to Dave, uh, just apologies. We had a few technical difficulties with this, uh, with the connection. Apparently, Australia doesn't have very good internet. So uh, don't worry. It's not your earphones that are cutting out. We just lost a couple of Skype connections. So... Um, bear with us, um, but a really cool interview from Dave. So on the phone, we are very privileged to have the new Oceania Marathon champion, Dave Ridley. Welcome to the show, mate, Thanks. and congratulations. Thank you. You're definitely pumping it up a little bit there, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, you got, you got to claim it. These, these things don't come along every day, and um, you're just off the back of a, what must feel like a pretty satisfying PB. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it's I suppose it only happened yesterday. Yeah. Um, so still trying to digest it a little bit, and um, I've been in the office all day today as well. So I've been back at work today. So it's been a pretty quick turnaround. So I haven't actually had a lot of time to 
to sort of think it through and actually sort of you know sort of figure out what's happened but it's it's cool yeah 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 so for those who um who are listening and wondering what we're, we're talking about you um you did a stellar performance so it was 224 wasn't it at the gold coast marathon just yesterday yeah i just managed to sneak under yeah nice and what was your best time before this i remember was it 226 or something um um, I ran 226.19 last year at Gold Coast. Yeah. And um, later on in the year, in December, um, early December, I went to Fukuoka, nice, um, yeah. Japan, and did the marathon there um, and ran 225.22. So sort of shaved off, um, you know, 26 or so. Yeah, cool. So, so you're just cutting um, PBs. A little so bit yeah, that's it. Just slowly ticking away and chipping away at it. Yeah. So what? Well, Which I think, I, I suppose, quite a. Uh, oh, sorry. You go. Yeah. So in about ten years, you'll you'll be in the hunt for a, an Olympics qualification if you keep up that that improvement rate. That's it. I was <laughs> I was thinking of doing the math and trying to figure out my um my you know my performance and then see how long it would take me to break two twenty, and then um, knock on Nike's door. <laughs> 30 years I might do it yeah 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 absolutely um <laughs> that, that's brilliant so t- talk us through the race yesterday you um obviously 225 ish was in, in in the ballpark for you um how did it how did it start out and I saw you kind of 10 15k in you're sitting about 47th place or something so there must have been a lot of guys around you um and it looks like a lot of Kenyans yeah. and, and Japanese up the front. Yeah, that's it. I mean, because it's a an IWF gold event, um, you know, the Gold Coast always wants to get – the race has to go under 210 pretty much. Yeah. That's the mandate. And, um, you know, they stack the, um, the, the race and, and make it as fast as it can. Um, so they've got a few favourites that they fly in every single year, but – I mean, the the Japanese, um, they always make a great effort to come over, and, and then there's an African contingent as well. Um, and so, yeah, they, I mean, there's always a bunch of them. But to be honest, I kind of just, I don't really think about what they're doing. I just sort of, um, I suppose, focus on what I need to do, and I let them just go off on, and do go out at, you know, three-minute Ks, if not faster. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and they can just do them, and I, <laughs> I sort of, sit back and focus on what I need to do. Yeah, awesome. So I see here, first 5K in 1644, so that's three 320 per K. Um, so what's that about? Yeah. Uh, two, 221 pace, something around there? Um, yeah, I, I sort of sat at, I mean, the goal was to go out honest, I suppose, and, and having run 225 before, yeah, I thought. Well, let's. I really wanted to test it and see if I could get um, as close to that 220 as possible. To be honest, I mean that's that's really the goal. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, so I'm kind of working my way towards that. But so I wanted to go out and and give that a real shot and just I suppose ask the question of can I can I get close to that 220 and and what does it feel like if I run you know a little bit more aggressively through the first half and. Yeah. Um, so that's what my coach and I decided to to give go or have a go at, and um, yeah, it was definitely a little bit 
a, of a different way for me to run a marathon where previously I, I like to go out a little bit more conservatively and just try to run even. And, and at Gold Coast last year, I think I was 112, 12 through halfway. And in Japan, I was about the same. So oh, yeah. this year we're over a minute faster. And um, yeah, and especially that first 10 to 15K was definitely just sitting around that three, that low 320s per K mark. Yeah, awesome. So you come through in 111.05 at, at halfway, um, yep. sitting in 30th place. Were, at that stage, were you thinking, um, were you just kind of going for a time or were you kind of thinking, okay, this is the Oceania champs, where are the, the Kiwis and Aussies sitting, can I hunt them down? Was there a bit of that racing mentality going on at that stage? Um, uh, maybe a little, oh, not, not really, to be honest. I, I think I actually knew that I was, um, I suppose, potentially first in Oceania um, really early on. So even at cool. 3, 4K, I knew because I, when we started out, they actually went, um, the Africans and Japanese actually ran the first K quite conservatively. I think they probably only went through in about 3.15. And I was, sure. I think, 3.16 or so through the first K. And, and I was right there. And I was thinking, well, there's no other um, – Kiwis or Australians in that pack so they sort of I think they went through the first K and then they I think they looked at their watch and got oh and sort of figured out they were running slow so then they put the hammer down um so you know left me for dead but then I I sort of knew from there that I was um up the and the way the race goes you run uh, so we just had a little bit of downtime, but you were saying um, the top guys went out a little bit slow and then really laid down the hammer, and you're you're pretty aware of your position at that stage. And like coming into this race, was was a place in the Oceania Champs a a goal for you, or, or, or in, it's a funny competition, isn't it? <laughs> the Oceania Champs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not really the the focus at all, to be honest. It's. Yeah. Uh, it was more to try and run fast in a race that I, I knew would be probably quite competitive. Yeah. Um, I actually placed in Oceania's last year. I got second. Oh, nice. I think um, yeah. Paul Martelletti, he actually won it. Oh, yeah. um, so I think he, he ran 218 high last year. Yeah. Um, so I, I got second, and I actually didn't realize I had got second place last year until <laughs> um, I got a message from them, and they sent me a check, and I thought, oh, <laughs> this is not too bad. So I, I knew about it this year, obviously, and um, and I was thinking about it a little bit, to be honest, as I got into the race, and especially because I had gone out um, a little bit more aggressively, and I started hurting, you know, quite, yeah, quite badly. I ran about sort of seventeen k or so, and I was really just, I just oh, knew I had to hang hang on. That's quite um, early. <laughs> yeah, it's still twenty five k to go. Yeah. I know. Don't, yeah, it was a, it was a really tough day just because I had gone out a bit more aggressively, and um, I knew I could hang on, but I knew it was going to be a long way home. So I, I did have in the back of my head that if I got past, I'd be losing um, you know a thousand bucks for the next two guys that passed me. So yeah, there was a bit yeah. of motiv- bit of motivation there just to sort of keep the legs ticking over and and try and finish strong. True, yeah, a little bit of pocket money definitely helps you to keep the keep the wheels moving. Um, That's it. 
And and how were conditions on the day? Um, I've talked to some of my runners who ran, and they said it was nice and cool at the start. But um, you know, they were finishing a bit later than you, and said it got a bit warm towards the later stages. But was it was it kind? Um, I actually noticed the heat a lot this year. Yeah, really. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, uh, I said it was. It's really nice and cool. Um, when you start off, you're sort of in and out of shadows and behind shadows, and then when you come out into some more exposed areas, it, when they're in that direct sunlight, it does get really warm. And so actually, um, the, at about 30k, you sort of you come out and you're, you're pretty open, and you're heading north up the coast. And yeah. I was having to stop, but well, not stop. But I was running past every drink station, just grabbing a bottle and just tipping it over my head because I was, I knew I was overheating and, and I was in the box anyway. So I was just trying to do any, anything and everything to kind of, um, I suppose, make the, make it a bit more bearable. Yeah, cool. Because um, you're based in Melbourne these days, and it's probably a little bit warmer than than Christchurch, where you were last. But, uh, <laughs> again, it's not the it's not Queensland. So um, yeah, yeah little, that's it. Yeah, um, it's at, um, it's definitely a bit of a shock. Yeah, going up there and and you know I was up there with some friends from from Melbourne as well, my girlfriend and and everyone I I speak with is like, wow, it's just. It's a totally different place to Victoria. You know, it's so much warmer up there. Yeah. I mean, the climate in Victoria in winter is probably sim- not too dissimilar to that of maybe Auckland. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And what about, like, a lot of people may not have done this race before. What's what's the course like? Um, I don't think there's too many hills in it, are there? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a, I mean, that's why you want to do it. It's, it's yeah. flat and fast and it's, in July, so it's a good time to escape New Zealand or escape out of Victoria if you want to go to somewhere warmer. So the course um, starts at Southport um, and runs uh, the marathon course runs south straight down the coast yeah. um, and turns around at a spot called Burley Heads nice. um, at about 16k or so and then goes back up and um, you go back past where you started from yeah. um, at about hit there about 31k and then you go back up north up the coast turn around at about um 36 and a half k and then you come back to the start finish area so it's just straight up and down the coast um and there there actually is a really challenging part in it where when you come um when you hit that 30k mark and you're coming back um you know from where you started from and you're running past all these spectators and you know by 30k or so you you're actually you're really working and and you're hurting so there's definitely a um you know the mind starts wandering (laughs) it goes well maybe i should stop you know stopping right now does seem pretty nice so you've got to just jump the fence and still cross the finish line (laughs) (laughs) that's it i wonder if it's been done before (laughs) and and i was yeah actually I wasn't feeling that good. So yeah. um, I, at about um, 25K, I was like, okay, I need to just hang in here and hang in here to 30K and then run straight past that start finish. And then um, at about you know, um, 28, 29K, I, my legs just started seizing up a little bit. And I thought, actually, I might not be able to finish this race. But um, yeah. luckily I yeah, got to that um, that 31k mark where I was passing, where we were going to finish, and I thought, nah, just don't look at it, just keep going. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you just gotta yeah, head down and yeah, yeah, <laughs> stick to the plan. 
Um, yeah. Nice. And so you finished off sort of those last couple of 5K uh, blocks were averaging kind of 330s. <laughs> um, so yeah. a, a little bit of a drop off in pace, but from the sounds of it, like how you're feeling, does you held it together reasonably well. So, um, yeah, well, well done for that. Um, very impressive. <laughs> Um, let's let's jump back a bit, and um, I'd love to hear kind of how you got into running originally, and how cool. this marathon bug started for you. Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't really, to be honest, start. I didn't get into running. I think I just have always loved it for whatever reason. Exactly, I'm not yeah. too sure. I've just always been a runner, and and ever since I was really young, I'm back at primary school. Um, you know, he's competing cross countries and, you know, one of my best mates today, um, Matt Harris, who's a, who's a bit of a name as well and has been on the um, New Zealand circuit, you know, we went to the same primary school. So Matt and I, um, from a really young age, we used to run and and train together and we were originally coached, um, by the same guy. So, um, he was a year older than me. So it worked out that, um, you know, in primary school, how sometimes you're the the, the younger year, yep. and you versus the guys that are a little bit older. So every time we did that, he'd always win. And then uh-huh. the next year, I'd be the older year, and um, be racing guys that were younger than me. And then I'd always win. So I always looked forward to the years that we were a little bit um, bit older. Yeah, yeah, get him out of the age group. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he's just too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's. A I still, and I still been beating him. He's still, he's still got that over me. Oh, really? Have you taken him on in the marathon though? This no, I great. haven't. Oh, but he's, I think he's, be he's, the equalizer. Probably, he's pretty talented. So I imagine <laughs> yeah. if he could get a block of training, then he he wouldn't be too shabby. <laughs> well, let's let's line up a duel sometime. Yeah, I'd um, love to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so you grew up kind of doing athletics and cross country. And uh, when did it? When did you start to go long and, and like, like that longer stuff? Um, I I started getting coached by Don Gregg, who's run a two twelve marathon, and that was probably in around about oh, two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Cool. Um, I went through a period where I was um, sort of just doing my own thing, and I sort of left school and. Um, started uni and was sort of looking for a crew to run with. And at that time in Christchurch, there was um, Craig Motley's crew that had um, Ning or Andrew yeah. um those sorts of guys who were running really, really well. And then Don was looking after Brett Tingay. And, um, and I just sort of somehow found myself gravitating towards Don's crew and oh. – um, and then just hearing the war stories pretty much about <laughs> um, what what those boys did and and um, just how fast they went. Just I think something sparked in me like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll give this a go. But before that, I'd never really thought that I'd be um, a marathoner. Um, but it makes so much sense to me now as well because I'd always gravitated towards the longer distance, even at school just the you know i'd always run longer just because i was always more competitive at that that longer distance yeah 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 oh very cool um and and so you've you've kind of just been inching those times down um what and you mentioned maybe sub sub two could be on the cards in in 20 (laughs) 20 years or so um but but what what are the the kind of more shorter term goals or you know would you like to get that sub 220 
Oh, that's that's the goal, to be honest. I think, yeah. um, you know, based on probably my talent and and how much I have, I can give. I think, um, you know, if I can run a, a two eighteen or two nineteen, it would probably, um, yeah, I think for me, cements that I'd be, I'd probably deem myself to be world more world class if I could run those sorts of times. Um, and that would be, you know, that's, that's the goal. Um, so just slowly chipping away at it and, and just trying to learn and adapt. And, and Matt Ingram and I, um, so Matt's my coach. Awesome. Um, we, yeah, we're, we're pretty patient and, but we also know it's there as well. So I think a lot of the training I do and, and some of the workouts I do give us a sort of, at times we get this, um, this insight that, oh, actually, maybe a sub-220 is not impossible for me and I can't actually do it. I think Matt just, he constantly believes and, and oh. we um, both keep working on Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think it's a bit to do with my personality that I'm methodically just working through it and it's a bit of a craft for me where I'm just – um, progressively just building and, and figuring it out. And um, it's definitely, for me, it's running's never been like a boom or bust thing. I've always just chipped away at it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, like, for you, what's the sort of, I'm guessing it's not a magic ingredient then for you. It's it's kind of more of the same and just keeping it, chipping away at that that block of ice and, and hopefully getting yeah. um, getting there eventually. Um, well, I think that sums up the marathon, right? Like it's yeah. it's th- it's that race where um, you know, regardless of talent or anything like that, it's it's kind of if you can do the work and you can tolerate it and you can do those quality sessions and those those long runs and you're prepared to do it, then you can make it. You can have a good go at it. And um, I think the more I do of that type of training, the more I I think. I think I just proved to myself that, hey, I can actually do this. And the more I believe it as well, um, yeah, yeah. So there's definitely a component of actually believing you can do something. And for me, um, yeah, I, because I may not have the the talent that some other guys do, um, it takes me a little bit longer just to kind of a, to kind of figure out in my own head that oh, I can actually do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you're a bit closer to that that sort of top level speed threshold, um, it, it can be a bit more daunting to go out at three twenty pace when you're kind of like, I mean, I don't know what your your ten k pb is, but when you're sort of like within twenty seconds of per k oh. of of your ten k best or whatever, it's it can be a scary yeah. place to place to and be. And that's it for me, eh? Like my to be honest, like my my pbs from. Um, you know, pretty much all my PBs apart from my marathon are pretty shit. Like, especially <laughs> my my like five to to half marathon PBs, they're yeah. not that good at all. And and we'll, we'll give us some numbers. What, what's? Oh, I mean, I've only run one ten twenty for a half marathon. I mean, yeah, if I yeah. trained for it and actually got myself in a race, I'm sure I could go a hell of a lot faster. Yeah, but, I'm sure you could. Um, just on paper, it doesn't look great. <laughs> so. We, trying to figure out how I can uh, approach the marathon, you know, I'm literally talking about like with coach, we're talking about splits through halfway that are faster than my half marathon PB. <laughs> and, and which is kind of a bit of a bizarre conversation when you, yeah, when you, when I 
overthink it too much. I'm going, well, actually, I've got a PB through halfway to run. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> to run 220. But I mean, I'm sh- I'm I'm sure I could run a good half if I put myself in a race. But um, to do it. But yeah, it's just one of those things. I know I actually have a sort of this running theory that I'll probably break my 5k and 10k PB in, in a marathon. In a marathon. In the not, in the not too distant future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Um, and what does your average week of training look like, if I can ask? Like, put us sort of three or four weeks out from Gold Coast Marathon. What what were you doing? What sort of numbers? Um, how many key workouts per week? Yeah, um, I think that the thing, yeah, with with the build up is um, there's the ideal, and the, then there's what happens. And yeah, yeah. and Gold Coast was no different. Like three weeks before, I had a bit of a an Achilles um, issue, so I could only jog um, for probably about twelve days or so, and I couldn't really do any workouts. Oh wow! Um, so that kind of threw me just a little bit like mentally because I missed a couple of key long sessions um, that maybe in the back half of yesterday would have helped me pull me through. Um, You were were talking earlier about just how I did, I did um, suffer a little bit in that back half. So maybe those key sessions would have helped, but in the ideal world, um, we, Matt and I work on a, a sort of a 14 day cycle. So the first week in that cycle, um, would be, uh, Monday easy, um, Tuesday, um, sort of a, uh, a hard day jog in the morning. I'm commuting to um, to and from work at the moment running, um, running in the morning and then, and how to work in the evening. Um, one of our secret sessions, um, (laughs) And I have, I suppose, been working on and we've been tweaking them for a while. So we do that, but it's a bit more, a little bit more speed focused for me just because I don't have that. Um, I need to work on that ability to run at three minute Ks and feel comfortable yeah, and, and just train that into myself. Um, whereas a lot of other guys have that sort of quite hard at that pace. So that's sort of Thursday's about, and then Wednesday is sort of easy. Thursday, um, uh, in the ideal world, it would be a, a long, hard, well, not long and hard, but it'd be a longish tempo. Yeah. Um, sort of more like marathon to, pace type, type stuff or yeah. a, bit, a bit quicker? Yeah. Uh, it's actually, to be honest, it's been a bit slower, and yeah, sure. it's something I really want to figure out and actually see if I can get that quality up, and I think that has to do with, just my recovery between sessions, but um, but there's I think something in as well, just running the Thursday tempo and and not putting too much pressure on it, and you know running whether it's three um, forties or mid three thirties or low three thirties, and just just yeah. sitting there and just being comfortable and getting it done. Um, yeah. And then Saturday um, rolling another workout, which would be quite specific to um, yeah, kind of threshold slightly longer reps um or i'd race as well it's obviously cross-country season here so yeah would race and then sunday long run um but then so that's sort of the first cycle and then first week cycle then the next week cycle is pretty much identical apart from what we do is instead of doing a workout on the saturday we just put that workout into my sunday long run and that's been something we've done for the last couple of years and it's really helped where I'll, I'll run for um, sort of 
at least 15K, but it's been getting up to about, I think, 22, 23K, and then I start a workout. So the whole theory is that, you know, I might jog and and sort of be running 4.10s, 4.15s for – 20 okay and then actually um, crack into a workout and um, just teaching the body and the mind I suppose to um, just work hard once it's tired and, and yeah. to not lose form and to keep that rhythm and just those little things that that's really hard to do in marathon training because um, if you're a track runner or a 10k runner or even a half marathon runner you can pretty easily just um, you know warm up for five or six k smash out your workout, warm down for three or 4K and you're done. Yeah, Whereas yeah. that doesn't, um, well, for me, doesn't translate to good marathon training because in marathon, the race doesn't start until 25K. So Absolutely. You've, got, yeah. you've got to know how to, um, you've got to teach your body to run, um, will be in rhythm and actually run strong from 25K. Yeah, yeah, you've got to be able to run on fatigued legs. Eh? It's, it really is a key one. And it can get quite um, quite depressing when you look down at your watch with those sorts of workouts eh? and you're, you're sort of 25K deep into a, a run and you're trying to hit your splits. And it's like, whoa, this is a bit of a challenge. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, and you've just got to be, I think the thing is as well, it's, it's no one workout that makes or breaks you or or shows you what you can be and, and if you put too much emphasis on one workout you're probably doing it wrong I think um, just by putting stringing weeks together and being consistent and as long as the workouts are good quality overall then you just you'll you'll improve um, yeah so I've, I've been trying to adopt that theory as well where I just try and string weeks back to back awesome oh, wise words that's great now um Let's talk. Let's talk mental tactics and on the race itself. Um, so, if, if we kind of break down, I don't know, the race into three parts, uh, or let's say yep. four parts. So, the the first part is pre-race. You're standing on the start line, and then the yep. first third of the race, it's probably sort of first sixteen k or so, and then that middle third, and then that final third, which is the tough one. Um, yep. Where are you going to mentally in each of those different areas? So, if we start with that start line mental state yeah i mean i think um i'm actually mentally i'm pretty good once i get to the the race line i think the the hard part's probably the 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 four weeks beforehand and even the (laughs) the the the, where your mind just starts wandering a little bit and especially in that last that final week before it yeah you're doubting yourself just a little bit um and then you start getting little things like you keep thinking you're getting get a sore and yeah, um yeah. but um the start line i'm i'm not pretty relaxed and, and i think once i get going and once the gun goes it it's okay just get into it and it's just hope i feel good and um cool. and normally and yeah yesterday it was a matter of like roll through the first k and i looked at the watch and i thought okay cool i'm, I'm comfy i've run out at um 316 and this is really comfortable at this pace and um first section i think it's just try to relax into the pace and and not worry too much about what the africans and japanese are doing just let them go <laughs> yeah absolutely and in those early stages are you focusing on anything like hydration or nutrition or um any of those processes that that you might go through 
Yeah, it's a, I mean, a really good question, I think, because um, as I've done the last few, done my last few marathons, it's trying to get that right has been a really big thing. And um, so absolutely focused on nutrition now, and especially up there because it's warmer. Yeah. Um, Got to start hydrating. So I make sure have bottles out. Cool. Five ten or every five k. There's an aid station for for the um, seated athletes. So I was picking up a bottle pretty much every five k. Awesome. Uh, to be honest, because you're out there for a long time, and you can buy fuck. You know, when you see the 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 bottles and the aid station, you concentrate on it. You pick your bottle up. You 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 know you fuel yourself with some fluids and then you throw your bottle away. And before you know it, that's 400 meters. We haven't really thought about how you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it's quite, for me, it's mentally quite good just to sort of do something while I'm running because it takes my mind off the fact that I'm, you know, I'm sore or my legs are sore. <laughs> or I'm thinking about particular things. Yeah. So true. Yeah, absolutely. Need a TV screen in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I could, if I could music or something, or a or a podcast like yours, I'd be yeah, uh, sweet. Exactly. Um, then coming into that middle section, you said that um, things started to hit the fan at about seventeen um, k. So that must have been pretty challenging. Um, what are you yeah. kind of going through mentally in that zone? Um, yesterday was a bit different. I mean, normally I wouldn't. Um, yeah, hopefully I wouldn't be feeling it as much as I did at 17k. But um, normally I'd be, I'd just try to break it down into 5k chunks. So I'd think, okay, let's just roll the next 5k and just keep relaxed. Like, cool. don't, don't do anything more than I need to do. Just keep relaxed. But yesterday I was grinding a little bit, and um, I, I was thinking about, well, let's just keep the leg turnover. I'm um, tapping nice. away and keep, um, keep that rhythm strong, and, and let's just keep keep the, you know, the momentum up and not drop it. Like if I can keep the momentum to 30 K, then I might have some flexibility in the back end to slow down a little bit if I've, you know, pushed it too hard. But if I start dropping off, if I start dropping off now, then I would have lost any good work that I'd done early on. So I was quite motivated just to, just to keep it going and, and not give up, I suppose. Very cool. And then coming into that last 16K, well, really, it's the last 10 or 12K, isn't it? Once you get into the 30s, that it, it really starts to get tough. So where does, where does your mind typically go to in that stage? Um, oh, it's, it can't, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit all over the show. And I can't really probably put my finger on it, but I think you just con- I was just concentrating on just K, you know, K to K to K. So. Yeah. Um, I'd roll past the, the, um, you know, 30 K mark and I just think, okay, when's the 31 K mark going to come up? It's not going to be too far away. Like just, just keep working till then. And then I'd also just keep trying to break the race down into those 5 K blocks and just, awesome. go, okay, I need to make it, need to make it to the 35 K mark and just keep, keep trying to chip away at it. And, um, so I just keep trying to break the race down into smaller and smaller parts and then focus on some of the the functional things like leg turnover for me is really important. And then, um, as I said earlier, by actually going to every aid station and picking up bottles and actually, you know, focusing on those process things, as you said, does help because it just distracts me from (laughs) the pain and suffering a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah. And it looked like on Sunday you were, uh, you, you must have been passing a few people. Did that kind of help as well, having some people to hunt down? Yeah, it was good actually. Like it, it happens um, most marathons or it happened in Japan a lot because yeah. I, I think there's something in the Japanese culture which um, – they just go out so hard. It's kamikaze so, approach, eh? <laughs> they, they 100% do. And I noticed yeah. a lot when I was racing there is they, you know, this, like all these guys are with you at 20K and then they all just pop. Um, <laughs> and, and it's it's sort of that racing style that both the Africans and Japanese have where they just, they're 100% committed. And, yeah. and I think there's a lot we can learn from it about just, they just want to test themselves um, and they're not afraid to do so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was just pulling a few um, of the Japanese guys in who had obviously <laughs> gone out pretty hard and and were definitely suffering in the final few stages. So that was making me feel good because I was like, well, I'm passing these guys, so I must be doing something right. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and last last kilometer, what goes through the mind there? Are you just thinking about getting to the finish line and and lying on the ground, or <laughs> what's going yeah. on in your mind? Pretty much. I mean, um, so one of my good friends, um, Josh Maisie was there and then my girlfriend, um, Lizzie, she, I knew that she was at the finish line as well. And, and Lizzie was talking with my coach, um, just, um, over like Instagram. So, so my coach was actually saying, sort of telling her to tell me to keep my leg turnover going and so she was telling josh to tell me and josh was on his bike pacing me so oh, awesome um, um it was cool to have those that support around as well because um at the, at the end of the day i mean you can do all the work and um and be really focused on it but in those moments where you, you are struggling it's 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 for me anyway it's it's kind of the the bigger picture stuff that really helped me get there you know it's like the cool. friends and the family and and all the people about beforehand that that wish you you know best of luck for the race my mind does kind of go there a little bit and just i use that as a bit of fuel and inspiration to kind of just get there as, as cheesy as that sounds you know but it's yeah. it's something that i just it kind of works for me so i just yeah. think about like well these people believe i can do it then maybe i can keep going you know absolutely yeah no you definitely having something external to yourself to push you through those last few kilometers is is pretty pretty key and it's i guess it's one of the reasons why a lot of people enter marathons like fundraising for charity because it is that thing that can help pull them to the finish whether they're doing you know three hours or, or six hours or whatever the case may, may be yeah that's it i mean yeah. like, no matter if it's if you're up the front and you're running two hours or something or if you're running you know um six hours you know everyone's doing the same thing which is a marathon which is a big you know it's a big accomplishment so and it's something that um yeah, it's a long way so it's a huge effort for everyone um so having stuff that is bigger than just yourself is pretty motivating just to um you pull you through, I suppose. Yeah, cool. Awesome, man. Well, thanks heaps for taking the time um, after your race. I know your, your legs are probably a bit sore, so you're probably <laughs> wishing that you're on the foam roller right now, but um, or maybe no, wishing good. that you weren't on the foam roller. <laughs> um, so yeah. if people want to stay um, here about your, your upcoming races, do you have any sort of a, um, a public Facebook or Instagram or something that people can follow? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty heavy on Instagram, so just cool. um, Dave Ridley on Instagram, you'll they'll find me. Um, it's probably the best bet, and yeah, I've got I'm gonna head to Berlin in a couple of months, so nice. and try and get another PB, so they can um, keep posted on progress, I suppose. Very cool. We are hunting out the fast race courses, so um, good on you. So, <laughs> so what what's that now? Four, three or four months away. Um, yeah, I think Berlin. it's the 24th or 25th of September, so yeah, cool. um, not too far away. So I've got to spend the next week or so recovering and then back into the grind. Lace, yeah, lace up those shoes and get into it. <laughs> cool. Well, all the best for the, for the recovery and then the training, and we'll be looking forward to tracking your progress. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, heaps. Break it down. So I'm joined here with Haoting Ma, who has just recently done the Christchurch Marathon. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Hayden. And um, to put this in pers- perspective, because um, people might think, oh, you just did the marathon. Lots of people do the marathon. But how old are you at the moment? 17. Wow. And um, before the race organizers, hopefully the race organizers aren't listening, but how how old was the, the age limit? Well, it's 18, <laughs> so I was actually illegal to do so. But, <laughs> but you're turning 18 in what a month is it uh two months yeah august so we'll give it to you um so 17 and you've done your first marathon how did it go it went pretty well for me i was actually surprised that my legs were fine after the race well it was a little bit sore the day after but it wasn't acting up too much i was actually um able to have my normal daily routine and uh, the soreness of my legs didn't really affect my everyday life which was not something I expected. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you must be young enough to recover nice and fast, which is good. But um, talk us through the actual race. Like, What was your strategy going into it? Was it to go out and run a 10k PB and then hold on or were you going to just pace it nice and even with even splits? What, what was the plan? Well, one of the best advice I got from my fellow runners was was that if you in a, in a marathon if you don't think that you could go any slower in your first half then you are going too fast yeah. so you always have to have that mentality of no I can't run any slower than this for the first half of the marathon and that's oh. how I went um, I was doing at about five minutes per K and I thought there's no way I could go any slower than this. Yeah, so you, so. you felt like you're just cruising. Yeah. And did you, because often in those big races, you know, you've got the music going, a gun goes off, everyone sprints off. Were you able to control the pace then? Yeah, just anchor it down, go with your own pace. I find that if running with a watch really helps with that because you, yeah. uh, you, have, you have, have a clear idea of um, how you are doing and in your pace. Um, and then your aim, your pace right now compared to your aimed pace. Cool. So um, that was really helpful. And um, really just have the mentality in mind of anchoring down for the first half. And I think your marathon, as what they've all said, a race doesn't start until 30K. Yeah. So you know if you've got still got half a tank of gas left at 30K, you can push hard for that last 12K. But if you... 
burn yourself out before 30k or before the half ma- half halfway point, then there's no way, there's just no return. Yeah. And so tell us about that 30k mark because the day started cold and a bit of drizzle, but then it got a lot worse around that 30k mark, didn't it? Yeah. Um, it was sub five degrees temperature and uh, the wind and rain just all suddenly picked up at 30k out of nowhere really yeah. um so basically and was that a headwind or a tailwind that was a massive headwind oh, rats. Of, uh, <laughs> approximately 20 k's per hour yeah uh, so it's quite quite significant but luckily i was able to thoroughly warm up by then and oh. i was kind of during the peak of my warm-up and i was just chained to a rhythm yeah and i was able to hold on to that and cruise my way through nice and you didn't get cold because sometimes when you're running hard and you've been out there for a few hours and then it starts raining and gets colder you, you can get really cold but you stayed warm enough well i was feeling cold at about um around 10k 20k i felt freezing yeah. then but you know because i'm doing my first marathon and there's always the excitement there's always the eager to be able to finish the race so that was my initial goal anyway so i tried my best i tried to stay you know within my man- mindset of finishing yeah. my marathon achieving my goal and that's what pushed that what that's what allowed me to push it through awesome so um what was your your finish line claim did you do any do a cartwheel across the finish line uh, backwards flip anything like that to no, celebrate your first marathon i just ran it through but i was just so like you could see my facial expression yeah. from the finish line photo i was just so stoked did you have a finishing sprint oh yeah definitely and <laughs> but yeah i was just so amazed that i was able to do this and i i could never imagine because the story of me is that when I was about five years ago, I yeah, was going to I was going to ask. Sorry to interrupt. I was going to ask about um, about your background. Cause, so you're 17 now. So five years ago, just five, started high school. Yeah, five years ago I was 12. It was still the second year of uh, intermediate. Yeah. Our school had um, a formal. It was kind of like a dance party. Yeah. And I was really really chubby back then. And if you are interested, I was the chubby 12 year old as well. Yeah. yeah and I, if you are you are interested to see how chubby I am. The photos are on Facebook, oh, so nice. if you could, <laughs> if you would like to internet. add me, yeah, you, there's always, it's always there for you. Yeah. But the story was that it was a dance party and we were asked to do line dancing with someone of the opposite gender, but because yeah. of how I looked, how chubby I was, none of the girls really wanted to dance with me. Oh, and that man. made me really sad. And from that point onwards, I was just motivated to, um, um, to start my running yeah. because back then I really I was really into you know sitting around watching TV playing video games and eating a lot of junk food yeah. and then you know I didn't have the courage to change because you know whenever you there's always the resistance of change that sort of mentality because whenever you go for a change you know it's going to be hard you know it's going to be difficult and yeah. that's what happens to yourself you, you don't want to make that change but when exactly. once there is an internal motivation of you wanting to become fitter and then an external factor such as not willing to dance with you 
that force overcomes your internal force of not wanting to change. Yeah. And from that point onwards, it just it's it's just no return. It's complete U-turn and no awesome. return. And so, like, did you just go out and go for a run, or how did your running start? Well, it started off with doing uh, the fifteen hundred meters of my school athletics day. Oh, nice. I did. And was the, this high school, or was this still intermediate? It was still in year eight, so yeah. the second year of intermediate, and I was. Um, 1500 meters that time I did it I did it in 10 minutes yeah just over 10 minutes wow so you ran a lot faster for the marathon than you did for the your 1500 back then oh, so you've yeah. definitely improved that's good yeah, yeah average pace wise yes and, and and what did that give you the bug um, were, were you into it or was it painful or tell us about that first well race. at first it was absolutely painful but you know there's always I've got the mentality of wanting to become fitter so I could attract more ladies yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you'd be surprised how many guys get into running for the girls <laughs> uh... and vice versa I'm sure is the case <laughs> So, no um, one can resist a skinny man in short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, carry on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I always had that thought of, right, if I continue onwards, I don't mind the pain. I don't mind this being difficult, being horrendous and being physically consuming. Yeah. But, you know, I just thought that if I become fitter, I could get all the ladies well that was an incorrect mindset by then because it doesn't work that way I'm, I'm sure that most of the time girls value your personality more than you yeah, look maybe maybe that's maybe. what they say yeah but I'm sure deep down they really just want a fast runner yeah, yeah. I, I tend to agree with that yeah if only well uh, on the, on that stakes you're doing pretty well you're, you're getting faster and faster so uh, you do this 1500 and then did you start training on and your own or I, um, yeah you... I just started training on my own doing um, doing my school's running club which is yeah. a 2.2k loop around our school and it runs every uh, Thursday afternoon so nice. that was the only training I did by then just one run a week and then and then I slightly picked up to park run and nice. the red race which are both 5k races yeah. held every Wednesday and Saturday yeah. so I did that for about a year a year and a half yeah and then it was um, the Oakland marathon um, Initially in 2013, I thought I'd do the quarter marathon, which at that time didn't go across the bridge. It was just yeah. a run around along the um, along the waterfront. So I did that one, but I was just so stoked. Like that was the first time I've actually experienced the the you know the amazement of of yeah. being able to do a large scale race. Yeah, I mean with a big on the crowd. Yeah, on the way back I was yeah seeing this battalion of runners running the opposite way. <laughs> and that sort of feeling is is probably a once in a lifetime experience I'd cool. say. Yeah, awesome. Um, and, and I'm intrigued to know, like when once you started getting into that regular running, did you did the chubbiness drop off quite quick? Like yeah, did you um, feel like you got in shape? Yeah, I was I was able to get in shape um, at about one and a half year about one and a half years into running. Yeah. Um, I, obviously not as skinny as I am now, but I was I was in shape, so I don't look chubby anymore. Yeah. But um, after about 
one, two years into running, I suddenly just realized that running has actually became a part of my lifestyle, that I've yeah. actually got a passion for distance running. Cool. And it just transi- transitioned into running purely for the sake of better look to yeah. running for you know a long-term, lifelong fitness goal and the passion for fitness. Yeah, cool. And in 2014, I did the Coatsville Half. It was my first half marathon. Nice. Um, when I was only... So four, you were... Yeah, 14. 14 yeah. years old. Um, I was just... I didn't know what I was up to, but I might be just, you know, crazy. All suddenly, that idea just <laughs> cut across my mind. I was, um, I was at the registration because I re- initially registered for the 8K. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, it was hit? just like, <laughs> right, um, I'm gonna try this. A half, I've done, I've done a few 10Ks. Yeah. I know half marathon is probably just double the distance, a bit more. But <laughs> yeah, who cares about that extra K and a bit? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I just, I just, I just did it. I just signed, signed up for the half marathon. Awesome. Without having any proper formulated training. And then I just went on the day and did it. It was almost magical. And you ran the whole thing? Because that's a hilly course. Yep, I've done the whole thing. But yeah. when I did it, I knew, because I obviously I had some running background, yeah. I knew that... Because 21K is not something I've done before, I need to anchor it down. I need to go at a comfortable pace and not doing it hard out racing. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, awesome. And so you said like you're enjoying running for the sake of running what what about running do you really like is it the seeing improvements in your your fitness or is it just the social aspects or nature yeah what what for you keeps you keeps you strapping on the trainers i think it's the self transcendence the yeah. the will of keep on challenging yourself and pushing a limit as what they've all said everyone knows their limit but a marathoner knows how to push them yeah. and that's the mentality i like and I, that's what i love about you know life and, and living really because it's that sort of you know keep on pushing yourself keep on challenging yourself that could get you you know further in life because at the end of the day what i really value is not that i broke my pb or i've done the marathon when i'm only 17 it's the process that leads toward it the training that leads toward all the hard work all the determination all the resilience that yeah. you've put into it and the result is only a reflection of what you've put in cool. and it's those kind of qualities that will get you later on because in 20 down 20 years down the path no one's gonna care that you did a marathon when you were only 17 but what employers what your colleagues would value are uh, that you have those quality that personal quality which you've hopefully gained from um, from distance running. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're wise beyond your years, Halting. That, that's awesome. Now, what's what's next on the cards? Because I know you won your school cross country. Are you going to go to New Zealand nationals? Um, I'm not thinking too much about nationals right now because yeah. I've also got um, a lot of schoolwork uh, yeah, alongside yeah. of me. Yeah. I'm um, aiming to um, go to Australia for, for university, get hopefully getting oh, nice. a uh, 
Commerce degree at Melbourne. Yeah. But um, well, there's the, lots of good running in Melbourne, so yeah. you'll be busy there. Yeah. But my next one on the list is I'm hoping to break a Guinness World Record oh. at uh, the North Shore Half Marathon. The world record is called the fastest half marathon dressed as a fast food item, <laughs> and currently the record was um, an hour and forty. What, like a hamburger or a cheeseburger or something? Yeah, a the hot current, dog. Yeah, yeah. The current record holder was someone from India who ran a, um, a half marathon there um, who dressed up as a hot dog. So my plan was to beat that 130 dressing up as a pizza. So hopefully I will be able to um, hire a pizza costume yeah, yeah. and get Get, get, get what? Get Peter Pitt to um, sponsor you, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Put yeah. some logos on. Um, maybe Domino's. Maybe yeah. Pizza Hut. You never know. Oh, as a pizza. Sorry. Yeah. Um, don't you think a pizza would be not so aerodynamic? Yeah. Well, you have to go thin crust. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's that's what I thought. But yeah. you know, the thing with dressing up like as a fast food item, it is not as easy as most people think. Because think about it, you're you're eating a big suit, and you don't normally normally have to train under those conditions. Like if yeah. you think about it, who dressed up as a pizza or <laughs> something like that, and then just go out on to the streets and think, right, okay, I'm feeling spontaneous today. I'm going to run a half marathon in there. And a pizza costume. I love it. So what's the time you've got to beat? I'm intrigued. It's uh, 140. I think it's 140 minutes um, and 33 seconds or something. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what's what's your PB? You've gone well under 130 now, haven't you? Yeah, I've got. I've, I've done the um, Rotoroa half this year, 125. Oh, wow. So, um, so that'll, that'll be a jog for you. Um, would, more, but yeah, more like the pace you did for the Christchurch Marathon. Um, but given that you haven't trained under the condition of wearing yeah. something so heavy as as like a costume, so you really don't know what to expect on the day. Yeah, I love it. Well, all the best for that, and I can't wait to see you out training with your with your pizza costume on. Um, that'll look amazing. And I hope we do hook up some maybe Hell's Pizzas. That'd be a good one. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, great. get them behind it. That that'd be it. So if you're listening, Hell's Pizza Marketing people, Hao Ting Ma on Facebook look him up, send him a message and he's your man um, but thanks Hao Ting for, for joining the show and sharing your, your journey um, it's really inspiring um, to, to hear you know, how you got into running and how it's um, really impacted your life in positive ways not just about dropping some kgs, it's, it's a lot more meaningful than that yeah, yeah, and I'm absolutely honoured to be on your show, Hayden, Ki- the Kiwi Running Show. It's, it, it is a fantastic show, and I am stoked to be here today. Oh, thanks, Halting. We'll pay you later for that compliment. Ah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Halting. Thank you, Hayden. Break it down. Break it down. Break it down. Break it down like this.